Namaste. Welcome to Call and Response Podcasts with Krishnadas, where he shares meaningful stories of his life on the path of his Guru Maharaji and integrating spiritual practice into our everyday lives. Call and Response Podcasts is an offering of the Kirtanwala Foundation. The foundation is dedicated to spreading the teachings of Neem Karoli Baba, a great spiritual teacher of India. If you are interested in supporting this podcast and the work of the foundation, please visit kirtanwalafoundation.org, K-I-R-T-A-N-W-A-L-L-A-H foundation.org. So practice, you got to do practice, I'm sorry, you just have to. With our eyes open and our hearts open. But through a practice, you're, you're, you get used to coming back from being gone. It's more like an ability to let go. Might sound funny to uh, point this out, but when you ever you're, let's, put it, let's say you're sitting or chanting or doing some practice. Let's say we're chanting together. So. You might feel something for a minute. It might come, might go. You might feel something else. Where is this experience happening? I'll answer. <laughs> it's happening in here, in each one of us. It's not outside. It's not somewhere else. It's happening within each one of us having our own experience. Very different from the person next to you. And if you think about it, we go through our whole day, our whole life, having our own experience, each one of us. And that experience, what we experience, we, we, um, is, and by our stuff, our, who we think we are, the stuff we like, the stuff we don't like, the things that happened to us in life, things that didn't happen to us in life, everything that makes us, everything that makes me me is what's having these experiences, and that's, that me is what spiritual practice begins to uh, dissolve so that gradually the subjective bubble that we're imprisoned in, and it is a prison, the subjective bubble that we're imprisoned in begins to melt away. When Maharaji would say, all one. What he's pointing to is that place when the bubble's broken and there's no, and you don't think you're, you're that person anymore. You, you experience yourself in a different way. You don't disappear, but you experience yourself in a much different way. You're not limited or imprisoned or defined by your thoughts and emotions but you're very much here 
much more here than you are when you're thinking about shit all the time. Much more here. I mean, it's inconceivable how much more it is because we, because it's inconceivable. <laughs> By definition, you can't conceive of it. It's not a concept. It's the experience of being. And these names that we sing, these they're calling us. We think we're calling them out, but they're actually pulling us into ourself. We're being pulled into ourselves. Human beings experience being pulled within by your own being as longing. Longing. That's the killer. Longing is the killer. That's what ruins your life. <laughs> Wanting something we don't, we think we don't have. And the longing for that, to be in that place, to be that, to feel that. That's what drives us forward. That's the saving grace, actually, is the longing. It's a tough one very hard to just to really surrender to that, accept that. We still think we're going to squeeze out a little bit of happiness. If we, I know it's just around the corner. I'll grab it. You know, I can do it. Oh, yeah, this is okay, but when that try, I'll get that. Good luck. Good luck. Man, I mean that. Good luck. <laughs> I, I hope you do. You'd be the first. Since time began. But, you know, anything could happen. All right, any questions or anything? Anybody want to say anything? Talk about anything? I know I'm not like Lama here. I'm not very erudite. But I can bluff my way through it. <laughs> Sir, give him the mic. Could you talk just a little bit about, in regards to your own personal experience, and then in regards to how it would apply to the rest of us, the process of letting go? What does that mean? What does letting go mean? Or I think we all can understand it in some, to some varying degree, the word surrender, or at least the way that you've been using it. And so, yes, what it is, but also how to do it. <laughs> how to surrender? <laughs> well, just fill out this form. <laughs> I seem to be out of form, sorry. <laughs> Surrender is, happens by grace. It's not an act of personal will. It might be a hard thing to understand, because we don't, 
we, you know, grace is such a foreign concept to, to Westerners. But, um, you know, Ramana Maharshi said, if you ask the thief to be the policeman, there will be a lot of investigation, but no arrest will ever be made. It's the same, that's the thing about surrender. If you ask your ego to surrender, it'll make a good job of looking like it's trying to do that. All the time it's getting bigger and stronger. So it's not, surrender is something that, uh, is that we, you know, there's this line that says, purify and wait for grace. Purify your heart and wait for grace. And that seems like very um, passive kind of practice, but it's actually not passive at all. Purifying the heart means cleaning the mirror of the heart, just like I was saying last night about the Hanuman Chalisa. The first, you clean the mirror of your heart so what you see what's really there. Our, the mirrors of our hearts are just covered with stuff, you know, shame and guilt and fear and anger and greed and selfishness. That's what's covering the mirror of our heart. So when we look, see, what, what's looking at us. I once had a, a grand mal seizure in an airplane, flying back from uh, New Orleans to Los Angeles. They had to land the plane in Albuquerque. Luckily, it was in Gallup. I don't know if you know those towns, but anyway, <clears throat> if it was Gallup, I probably wouldn't be here today. But Albuquerque was, they took me to the hospital and they, whatever. And then um, they gave me some medicine. And uh, later in the day, a friend of mine came down from Santa Fe and took me back to, to their house. And I stayed there for 10 days. And uh, I remember when I could finally walk, I got up to go to the bathroom. And I walked by the mirror and I looked in the mirror and you know, I, what was looking at me out of that mirror was somebody I did not know. I just looked at my, I looked in the mirror and I saw there was no personality around my eyes. There was no stuff. It was just like, ah, bah, 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 bah. And I wouldn't, on the way back, so uh, it came back, don't worry. Um, <laughs> when we fall in love, a part of us surrenders naturally to that space, to that presence, and we think we're surrendering to that person, that other person. However, that's, that's one type of love that has certain qualities to it. But there's another love, uh, a non-personal love, that's more intimate than a personal love. A personal love is between two persons, right? There's, 
There's bodies in the way. There's all kinds of weird stuff. You know? But a non-personal love, there's no, there's no me and you. It's just this, it's like a, uh, an atmosphere that you walk in there and say, oh, you're in it. So that's a deeper place within us. And when, when we surrender what keep, when we let go of what keeps us clinging to our stuff, our thoughts, our emotions, all the clothes we wear over our, our personality, as we let go of that stuff, we actually move deeper into that place within us. But that takes practice. Because we were born, and, and nobody told us to do these things. And by the time we started suffering enough to look within, all the programs were running already, and had been for so long that it's very hard to disconnect them. We forgot where the plug is. So the more practice we do, the more we get in kind of harmony with what Tulkushera calls the Dharma, or these teachings, these, this, this path, the more a part of us relaxes because we're not asked to be somebody else or something else. We're asked to just let go and be ourselves, which is scary enough, you know, because we don't like ourselves. Why would I want to be somebody I don't like? You already are. <laughs> so get over it. So the whole, it's the process of getting over all that stuff. With our will, with our personal will, with our intention, we sit down or get up or whatever we do to do some practices. And the practices always revolve around some type of paying attention to one thing and not paying attention to other things. That's, they're all, all have that, it, that, mostly all of them, except the very final practices. Thing. We try to pay attention to what we're doing. You don't have to sit here and try to manufacture some kind of feeling or try to make something happen. It already happened, you know, we're here. That's the big bang. Now we're just trying to live through it. So we simply chant, we keep coming back. That's the miracle. Why do we even come back from where we've gone, right? Why shouldn't we just wake up in the morning and think and then die? <laughs> why, 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 you know, what, what is that? It's very interesting. Why should a thought, why should you be able to let go of a thought? Actually, you, we can't, to tell you the truth. We don't let go of thoughts. They let go of us, and then we recognize that that's what happened. So you'll be singing, and then you recognize, oh, I haven't, been, I haven't even been listening to what's been going on. You didn't let go of that thought. The thought let go of you. And then, at that moment, you have an opportunity to rededicate yourself, to re become aware again of, of the chanting that's been going on even while you've been gone. You've even been doing it while you've been gone. 
the miracles that we come back at all to here. You're back for a billionth of a second, and then, okay, Shri, and then you're going around. You know. And then we're doing Hare Krishna. How did that happen? You know? So that's really amazing. So what we need to do is just slow down enough to participate in that happening more deeply. And the more uh, we... Uh, there's... Space, believe it or not, there's a lot of space between the thoughts. If we're really paying attention, and as the mind gets finer and finer and quieter and quieter and more receptive, you begin to, to experience that. Many years ago, <clears throat> I was still in college, or pretending I was in college. Uh, I had scored... 10 capsules of LSD. They were original. They were from Sandoz. Sandoz is the Swiss company that created the first LSD. These were from, it was still legal then. They had, nobody had caught on yet. They didn't know how much fun it was, so they didn't make it illegal. So I had 10 of these capsules, and the first one I split with a friend of mine, and we drove out to the beach and started jumping off these cliffs, right? You know, these sand cliffs. We'd go, ah! Right, you know, all day long. It was great, all night long. And then actually wandering through the suburbs of Long Island, we found the tree that Buddha was enlightened under. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew it was in Miller Place, right? Or was that Sound Beach? I don't know, one of those. Uh, it's amazing. Well, we sat there for a few hours and said, well, Guess he's not coming back. Let's do something else. <laughs> so one, one, one weekend, I, you know, I was home alone, so I dropped, I did a whole capsule, 1,000 micrograms, which is enough to put a horse on the moon. And I was just, you know, I, I was, I don't know, I was in Playland for like 24 hours. I was out on the front lawn with the dog and the snow and rainbow lights. It was so great. So at one point, I found myself lying in my bed. And um, I was just lying. And on the opposite wall, there was a window, right? And I was just lying there, and I went, I, f I felt something coming from, like, through the window, way out, you know, from a far distance away. What is that? And then I'd space out, and then it was still coming, 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 coming. And it came closer and closer and closer. And just as it broke over me like a huge wave, I thought, oh, no, it's a thought. <laughs> and then I was thinking. And I was thinking. And I was thinking. And then it was going away. No, don't go, don't go, don't go. No thinking. And then after some indeterminate period of time, oh, no, 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 no. And I was thinking again. And then they started happening more quickly. The space between the thoughts got smaller and smaller. And then here I am. It was interesting. 
So I've had a similar, but, I, but I've experienced similar things, you know, in meditation where thoughts don't grab you. They just go through like birds and they don't. But most of the time, we are completely immersed in our thinking. Oh, I mean, we get up in the morning and it's just already going, you know, okay, what am I going to do? Let me check uh, Facebook while you're still lying in bed. You know? We don't ever get a break from it. So the first thing that we need to do in spiritual life is to slow down, is to pay some attention to letting those thoughts go. Find something to pay attention to, like your breath or a mantra or the chanting, something, a visualization. And every time you're not, you realize you're not there, you come back a million times a minute if you're really paying attention. And eventually, you develop a new neural pathway in the brain. They've proved this now. The brain is, there's neuroplasticity. We actually, the brain changes shape through this, these practices. So we're creating new pathways in our brain. And it makes it easier every time. The more practice we do, makes it easier to release that stuff and just be in present, be present, be in awareness. The surrender is not an emotional thing. You can't surrender just like you can't pick yourself up like this, you know. No matter how hard you try or how much you want to. Surrender happens when we're ripe. And we ripen ourselves by practice and by developing an understanding about what this is all about and why we're doing it. Maharaji said over and over, from repeating these names, from the repetition of these names, everything is brought to completion and fullness. Everything. What he's saying is that this is all you have to do. Now, I was with him from 70 to 73, and I heard him say this. I still can't get through Fringe. I'm watching all five seasons instead of doing Ram Nam. So I don't expect that anybody is able to do this, you understand? I waste so much time doing all kinds of nonsense, and I have this, it's written right on my harmonium, right here. From repeating these names, this is all you have to do. Do I do it? Yeah, when I remember. So, this is the same thing as, as when you're practicing. You're gone, and all of a sudden you realize you're gone, so you, you rededicate yourself to the practice. So when I remember, I do the practices as much as I can. How much time do I remember? How much time do you remember that you're even alive? You know, most of the time it's just going from one thing to the other all day long, all week long, all month long, all year long, all life long. Waking up is what we're talking about. 
but not in a very, not in a cold way. We wake up to this, uh, to, to understanding what the path is about. Surrender is graduation day. Meanwhile, we have to work. I don't think I'm even in nursery school yet. Surrender is graduation. Surrender is when you recognize that you never were separate in the first place. You never were cut off. You never were isolated. You never were who you think, who we think we are. But since we think we are somebody, then we've got to do something. This is not something to, that you only know here, like, oh yeah, I'm nobody. That's a pretty big nobody. This is something we experience directly within ourselves through practice and through wanting, that longing that pulls us to do these things. Whether it, it can manifest in many ways. Maybe we just want to be better at what we do. We want to be able to pay better attention to what we're doing. We want to be more successful. We want to be happier. Whatever we tell ourselves, the practice will ripen us. It's a ripening process. It's not a learning process. I am incapable of learning anything. He learned a lot. Well, he, like, he's a lawyer from, from Montreal. Of course he learned things. I'm from Long Island. We don't learn things. <laughs> but, we sing our, but we sing our asses off. That's all. That's all I have to do. I don't care. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by the Kirtan Mala Foundation. Krishnadas is renowned for leading Kirtan, the spiritual practice of chanting, and workshops around the world. For more information about him, including upcoming events, please visit krishnadas.com, K-R-I-S-H-N-A-D-A-S.com. We also invite you to visit kirtanwalafoundation.org, K-I-R-T-A-N-W-A-L-L-A-H-foundation.org. Here you will find more offerings dedicated to spreading the teachings of Neem Karoli Baba. Love everyone, serve everyone. Remember God. Ram Ram.